welcome to a Rent Now movie review brought to you by That Film Stew in association with Video Easy. My name is Luke. And my name is Jason. We're available on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. Check out more movie reviews, our movie show, Rewind and Review Podcast, and Sounds Like Comics Podcast on our website, thatfilmstewpodcast.com. This Rent Now movie review is all about The Grudge. Written and directed by Nicholas Pesh, The Grudge is the supernatural horror film and fourth instalment in the American The Grudge film series, which serves as a sidequel to the 2004 American remake and two direct sequels of the original 2002 Japanese horror film, Ju-On, The Grudge. The movie is available to rent now from a video easy kiosk. We will be keeping this review spoiler-free with a spoiler section at the end. At first, it was announced as a reboot of the American remake series, but ended up being set within the same continuity of the film series, with the events of the film taking place before and during the events of the previous three films. Jason, tell us what this movie is about. A detective investigates a murder scene that has a connection to a case that her new partner handled in the past. The killings occurred in a haunted house that passes on a ghostly curse to those who dare enter it. Soon the curse spreads to a terminally ill woman and her husband and another unsuspecting couple who were in the wrong place at the wrong time. I've got to be honest, our introduction is confusing and it's not our fault, it's theirs. This this movie is... I mean, what are we saying? Reboot, sequel, sidequel. That's a new thing, isn't it? Well, sidequel, it's, it's, I mean, I mean, it's a sequel, but it's set during the events of, I guess, those three American movies. We've established that they're American movies, so that's fine. Like the first three movies. Other other examples, like of a sidequel, it's not something that. Uh, Maybe, I don't know, Saw 4. Is a side quote. Oh, okay. Okay. So, <laughs> horror movies that have been going for a while, maybe they'll yeah. start using a side quote. Well, this one, it's. Well, it, there's an opening scene in here, and I'm trying to. I don't think this is spoilers. So that's fine. It's. The movie opens, and we, are, we do go back to that original house in that first Grudge movie, but it doesn't follow the the events, you know, it doesn't follow what's happening with that house. There's a, there's a character who, a new character, who I guess is involved in the house, I don't know, a real estate, I can't remember, real estate, or she's doing something, and then she flies back to America, because obviously the house is in Japan, she flies back to America, to her house, or, or a house that she visits, or something, and, no, I think it's her house, and then her family's all murdered, and stuff like that, because of the curse. So she basically like in a way takes some sort of offshoot of the curse, brings it to America and it attaches to this new house. And that's this movie. And we're getting the same sort of narrative structure as that original movie with like the three different periods of time, three different stories, kind of loosely interconnected, obviously the connection being the house. And that's this movie. It's the grudge. It's thriller more than horror characters that we kind of get to know over short interconnected scenes and that's the movie it's a ticking clock though isn't it with all these characters because you know that the time's going to be up Mm. and i could be talking about this grudge film 
or any of the Grudge films because what happens in those movies happens in this movie. Do, do you like the franchise? Are you a fan of the series? I don't remember, I, I, I will be honest, I really don't remember the second and third film all that much. I've seen them. I don't remember. I must have watched them, I don't know, half asleep or drugged up or not drugged up, but like drunk or something. I don't know, when I was younger. The the first one that I do remember, and I did rewatch the first one before watching this one just to revisit it. Um I don't overly love it. It's it's fine. And like I said, more as a thriller, more as like, you know, like there's a there's more of a story to be told with that first movie and there's a mystery and all that kind of stuff. The scares are pretty much hit and miss with that. So I wasn't expecting too much in terms of of scares in this one, but I thought maybe they might try and branch out and do a little bit more with the horror side of the franchise, but it, it kind of just went back it's into the very, thriller. Yeah. Very same. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it's very same. That, I know the first one was Sarah Michelle Gellar. Did she come back for the sequel? I believe. It's been such a so, long like time. Said, it's been so long. Since I've seen them. And I yeah. don't know if I'm I just making see, that up. <laughs> I saw the first two at the cinema and I watched them and for what they were, I enjoyed them because at the time it was the thing, wasn't it? American remakes of successful mm. Japanese horror movies. Yeah, The Ring. The Ring. Yep. Yeah, but The Ring was always the better one for me. I always preferred The Ring and then The Witch came out and it was, that just seemed similar in the fact that the the entity looked very similar, you know, pale skin, black hair, very similar. But I did prefer that first, the, the Ring movies. Mm. And I enjoyed the first Grudge because, oh, okay, so this this is interesting. And then it had been so many years. So you mentioned other sequels. I'm only, I'm only familiar with the first two Grudge films. Yeah, there's a third one. And I think out of the, out of the sequels, definitely stay away from that third one. That's... It's, it's no good. Uh, but the I don't want to show one... my hand too early but after <laughs> this one. I'm not going back and watching any grudge. <laughs> uh, to be honest, honest. You know, I'm always, into, I'm always into playing with narrative structure and, you know, different timelines and things happening at different points in time and, you know, your brain having to actually do some work when watching a movie and, and work things out. But I, I don't know. I don't think these movies really benefited from it. Like, I get it. It's It's... It's a curse that, uh, you know, exists for a long period of time. You've got different characters coming in and out. The, you know, when it's, with a house, it's people come in, they die, or something happens to them, a new family moves in. That's the whole point, and that's, what the, that's the story that it's trying to tell. But I don't know. I think it, it worked better in that first one, and I think here they're doing it again, but I just didn't see the need for it. I feel like they could have just... Same premise... You know, like, okay, the the curse ends up in this new house. Let's just stick with one family. I don't see why they needed to do the whole trio of of, of different things. And they, they you know, there's the there's the cops investigating it, and there's oh, you know what? There's even like there's four stories because one of the cops has a freaking backstory as well. And then oh, I don't know. It's a, it's it's that much of a blur that I can barely remember what went where. I remember things and events in the movie, but it's it's pretty messy. They've they've got a template and they're sticking to it. And I think you're mm. right. Like if breaking the mold would have probably benefited this movie. So going back to the ticking clock, you know, no matter how many characters they introduce, you've got an idea of how things are going to end. And again, yeah. I'm not looking to spoil this movie. I'm just saying that it's. 
it's hard not to talk about this in an unspoiler spoilery fashion because it's very much what happened in those previous movies and you've I mean, seen them you've got a good idea on this in in, in one of the you know the storylines which is set in the earliest time well, 1996 or 2006 i don't know whatever whatever year we're to maybe 2006 i think i went a little bit far back then it's like well you know those characters are pretty much dead because you know we're in we we jump forward a bit to the next group of people and it's like you know they're not at the house anymore you just assume you're just like and that's what happens that's what happened there's a whole bunch of characters good actors i reckon they're just not doing anything with them i think no one has no one has a moment to shine none of the characters stand out i mean john chow john chow did enough to get on the poster mm. that's the back of his head on the dvd in the poster (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's got a hand coming out the back of his head. Well, we'd seen all that in the trailer. There were not that like, visually. They were doing nothing new here to make me think. Oh wow, look at this. Well, yeah, Joe John Chow. He comes in and out of it. Betty Gilpin. I've mentioned her before on the podcast. She's a favourite of mine. Lynn Shay. You know, from the Insidious films and like yeah. other horror films. I mean, she's gone. always good in what she's, she's really doing. And she's, and she's got a this. she's got a bit to play with here. A character. Yeah, she's got. You know, Pretty mental, going through some stuff, possessed, even like you know she does pretty, it well. She does she's, it well. she's good at she's good at a craft. But they've even got Aussie Jackie Weaver. Like this movie <laughs> has such a good cast. The best thing about this film is the cast. I um I think we should probably rate this movie out of five, just so we can talk then, a bit deeper. Just so we can talk about it. I feel as though we potentially spoiled some things, but all we've really said is some characters in the horror movie die. <laughs> well, that's pretty much every, every horror movie. But let's uh, let's rate this out of five, and I'll let you go first. All right. Um, look, I, I will I will throw some positives in there. Like you know, production wise, it's filmed well. It's pieced together pretty good. You know, effects look all right. The uh, the audio it sounded good. You know, it was messed <laughs> together. <laughs> no, look, production-wise, it's you know, it, it's made, done with craft. It's just pretty boring. It's pretty boring. It's pretty predictable, and you know, like the the story isn't in depth enough for the thriller to even be that thrilling. That they should have just lent on the should have went screw it let's lean into the horror because that's all we got and they didn't do that and like you said not original because we had seen most of this before but you know made with skill two out of five I'm gonna second absolutely everything you said including two out of five all the points that you made there yeah it is very well made you've got some great actors in here and they're not giving bad performances but there's just not enough for them to do and if they would have just stripped it back and not had as many characters and we could have got to spend more time with characters like betty gilpin's character for example mm. oh and, and husband been, john cho <laughs> of course it would have made for a better film but it's just and it's like it, that it's weird kid like, you know, like there's cool, the cool. weird kid it's a, it's a 90 minute movie there's so many characters so much going on and it's they're just following the blueprints from previous movies so there's there's nothing new here and even the spirit it's just not as interesting as what we had in those other films it's it's like watching a Friday the 13th spin-off and you're not following Jason Voorhees. <laughs> you're just I mean, following somebody else in sports equipment. 
And you're oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Well, anyway, now we're going to go into spoiler territory before we finish up. If you haven't watched The Grudge yet and you want to, go rent it now and watch it before continuing. And again, Jason, I think we may have spoiled some things. Well, let's just spoil everything now. Um, so, as we've already said, everyone dies, including the cop who's the hero of the piece. And you know what? It wasn't surprising at all. Of course, I'm, of course, talking about Detective Muldoon, played by Andrea Riseborough. She dies at the end. There's two endings to this movie. There's the, there's the I guess, we'll call it the domestic one, the American release. And then we get, here in Australia, we got the international ending, which had the, the boy, the little boy, Burke. I don't know, it's implied that he, he's going to kill the woman. And then there's like an exterior shot of the house. Whereas in the, in the US cut, it's very much shown that she, she dies. I don't know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. I haven't seen it. I've just read it. I'm just implying. But the um, yeah, obviously the ending that we get is the just the exterior of the house. So it is kind of. But you're right. But it's showing this. It's showing this something I mean, yeah, like going on she with died. a kid. Yeah, I can't even remember that much like the context, and it wasn't even that long ago when I watched this. And I just <laughs> there's just so much. I don't know what is it even a spoil in this movie besides the fact that everyone dies. Except yeah, maybe we did that already in the, we did that in the spoiler-free section. Um, <laughs> Good job. <laughs> you, you mentioned, you know, is you know this not how, being how do they die? <laughs> a scary movie, more of a thriller. And, and again, yeah, it's not it's not scary, it's not jumpy. And I guess if anything, it, it's it's what we got from the Saw films. It's more gruesome, like when Lynn Shay's in the kitchen and she's cutting off her fingers. It's yeah. gross. Yeah, it's not scary. I mean, it's I enjoyed it. You wouldn't want to experience it, but it's not like it's not scary. So this like it. this movie, it, no, it didn't have scares that stayed with me. And yeah. the, the Conjuring movies, you know, we praise those films, and they very much have a less is more approach for the most part. And in this, it's showing a spirit here and a spirit there, and it's jumping up and running away, and <laughs> it just there's no story, just, there's no mystery, there's which means there's no reveals, think, there's nothing to spoil. No. All I can think, because it's pretty much the same format that we've had in previous films, so there's nothing really new for us, is if this movie was made for teenagers that have maybe not seen those other movies. But even then... That's like, the other thing I can think. Like, that audience of teenagers going out and watching this movie, like, don't they want that scare? Like, don't they want, you know, dumb fun, where it's like, this ain't dumb fun. It's just dumb. But if you're younger, though, maybe it's scary. You know, when we did our review <laughs> of The Curse of Lalorona or The Weeping Woman, as we got it here in Australia, teenage boys, I think three, maybe four of them, got up and left after, like, they said uh, that there was a scary moment or what was supposed to be scary in the movie, and they just freaked out and ran and didn't come <laughs> back. So I do think that this is a horror film for kids, teenagers, young teens. Not us. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, that's it for our Rent Now movie review of The Grudge. Rent it now at your local Video Easy kiosk. Don't forget to like and share the podcast on social media. We've got more Rent Now movie reviews coming your way. Next up, I'm unsure at this time. I'm thinking maybe The Way Back, Ben Affleck. Perhaps. Or maybe it'll be something else. Sure. So 
watch this space. We will will be back in two weeks with another Rent Now review, but I'm not 100% sure what it's going to be. I'm on the edge of my seat. Don't be. It's probably that, but I'll um, <laughs> I'll get back to you in two weeks. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film studio. See you soon.